everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Jenny Murphy. Jenny, hello. Hi. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. You have the distinction, or maybe I have the distinction, of having a guest on the podcast who has known me for the longest time in my professional life, because you and I worked together in the late 1990s, before my son was born, at Northeastern REMC. So... What was that like in the late 1990s? It was, we were only 12. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it was, you know, we were young and just starting our careers. Yeah, yeah. And that was like your second job, correct? It was my second job. Yeah, and I think yeah. it was it was my first job in Indiana. It was kind of my first real job yeah. doing like what I wanted to do. Yeah. 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 So. And you also, I think, are the person... I've worked with the most in different capacities who has been on the podcast. Yes. Because we worked together at Northeastern RMC, and then we worked together here at Asher. And now you're at Indiana Tech, a client of Asher, and we still work together. So you keep trying to get away, and we keep working together. I I kind of feel it could be the same way, though. It goes both ways. Maybe you're the one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, let's sort all that out. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. As you know, we talk about career path, which we've already started talking about, but we'll dig into that a little bit more. Then we'll talk about the organization you work for, Indiana Tech. We'll talk about some of the things you're working on, and then we'll do a shorter version of questions at the end. But let's start with career path. So you grew up in Fort Wayne, correct? Yep, Fort Wayne, born and raised. All right, so tell me, when do you start thinking about what you want to do with your career, and where are you headed, and do you continue down that path, or do you go in a completely different direction? Mm-hmm. I would say for me, it started in high school, and I got involved in what was then newspaper Mm -hmm. and yearbook and really kind of found something that I enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. Had a really great teacher um, who encouraged us to kind of explore different career options, you know. So I learned more about things other than reporting Yep. and always knew that I enjoyed writing. And so I really think that's kind of where I made up my mind, like, yes, this is what I want to do. So when I went to school, I majored in English Mm -hmm. and communication media and focused a lot on writing. And so I've been pretty fortunate that I kind of knew at a young age and it actually panned out. I actually enjoyed doing what I thought I was going to enjoy doing. Yeah. So so how do you find your way to Northeastern after school? Is it an ad in the paper or is it a— someone who knew about the job? How did you mm-hmm. find? And I think, didn't you replace a woman whose name was Jenny Murphy? I did. Yeah, I remember that was the big controversy. Everybody was like, there's a woman coming in named Jenny Murphy and she's replacing <laughs> the other Jenny Murphy, which is weird and has never I've never experienced that again in my career. Nor have I. Yeah, so, <laughs> so how do you find out about that job? So honestly, I think for that job, it was a newspaper advertisement, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. at the time was one of the ways you oh, actually sure. found jobs. Sure. Yeah. And I had been working for another agency here in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. It was kind of my first job out of school. Yep. And so I had made some connections um, through IABC, which mm-hmm. was a professional organization that was more active then, I think, than it maybe is now. Yep. Um, and so through that, I knew a few people and was familiar with my boss at Northeastern REMC. And so, yeah, the day that I went to interview was actually the day before my wedding. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it was so funny because at the end of the interview, Mike asked me, so do you have big plans this weekend? And he said, well, actually, (laughs) 
I'm getting married tomorrow. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, what's your new last name going to be? And I said, <laughs> Murphy. And the, like, the look on his face. And I thought, what did I say yeah. wrong? <laughs> yeah. He just looked like somebody had died or something. And yeah. he was like, no way. He thought yeah. someone was playing a joke on him. Yeah. And I this, had no idea. And this is the esteemed Mike DeFru, who yes. you and I both worked with. Um, pr- pretty good boss to start with. Very good. Very yes. fun, you know, and probably pretty easy to work with, I would assume. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I had a, a it was a great experience and with him I was able to do more um design work at the time, yep. and some writing and he was just really great about kind of bringing me in on a lot of different projects. Yeah. He was very involved with economic development in Whitley County and so I was able to kind of learn more about that side of things and yeah, a lot of variety in that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you're there for about two years, correct? Mm-hmm. And then you go to Lutheran? Do I have that right? Nope. Then I went to um, what was IPFW at the time. Aha, uh-huh, that's Fort right. Wayne. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was actually the School of Visual and Performing Arts okay. for a marketing and development type okay. position. Okay. And how long are you there and why do you decide to do something else? So I was there for about two years. Mm-hmm. And then we had our first child. Ah, okay. Then my daughter came along, and I realized that at that time, I didn't really want to continue working full-time if I didn't have to. Yep. And so that kind of took me home for a few months. Okay. And had a few part-time jobs in between before I went to Lutheran. Okay. All right. So you're at Lutheran for how long? You're asking me hard questions. Oh, sorry. No. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was at Lutheran for about five years. Okay. And you and Matt Baer worked together during that time. Matt Baer, who you now work with at India Tech, it all comes together. Okay. So what is your role at Lutheran? What type of work were you doing? I was public relations coordinator. Okay. And so I worked with our director of PR on media relations. And I kind of took the more, he took kind of the hard news side of Mm -hmm. things and he took the difficult questions that would come in. Is this Jeff Thomas? Thomas. Okay. Yep. And then I was more the soft news, good stories. Yeah. um, You know, just kind of getting the word out about things that were happening at Lutheran. Okay. The good news kind of stuff. All right. And from there, do you go to Brotherhood Mutual? Do I have that right? Um, yes, that okay. is correct. I finally got one right. Okay. So what were you doing at Brotherhood Mutual? Why did you choose to work there? What was that transition like? So when I was at Lutheran, I was I was lucky enough to, I mean, kids were really young, and I was working part-time yep. at Lutheran. Mm-hmm. And then actually one of, um, somebody who I went to school with ah. reached out to me, Lisa Grody. Uh-huh. She was at Brotherhood. Yep. And she said, hey, I need a good writer. Yep. And I'm looking for, you know, to fill this spot. And I thought of you. Yeah. And I said, I'm not really interested in going back to work full yeah. time yet. Yeah. Um, of course, they changed my mind. They yeah. worked with me. I think my son was getting ready to go into first grade. Uh-huh. And so it was a really, really good transition. It was a great company to work for. Yeah. Yeah. And I was there for about seven years. Seven years. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you for <laughs> Not allowing me to make another mistake. And then you come and you work at Asher, and correct? Asher. And you were at Asher for a couple of years? For a couple of years. Okay. So tell the world or our podcast listeners, what was Asher like for you? And and blank slate, talk about whatever you want to talk about. What was it like working here? Well, in all honesty, I have to say that it was one of my favorite jobs. That's what I was hoping you yes. were going to say. Okay. Yeah. And it really was. Okay. I was, because obviously I'd been on client side Mm -hmm. through most of my career, except for the first few months out of school. 
And so I really was looking to get that experience mm-hmm. being on the other side. Yeah. And of course, working with you was a plus and really kind of just can want to come over and get that type of experience. I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Well, you were really great. I, I remember you were just very detail-oriented, and I am not, and you were very good with people, and I am sometimes good with people, but I am sometimes not. And there were a lot of times where you could kind of tell me, hey, you need to fix this, but do it in a way that was very constructive. So I appreciate that. And then you left. You did. And you went to MedPro, and I remember you coming to my office and having a conversation, and I was like, that sounds like a really good deal. You should take it. Yeah. It was hard. It was a hard choice to make. That was another... Um, move that I wasn't really looking for. It kind of came to mm-hmm. me. And I think sometimes when those things happen, at least for me, I really, you know, it made me stop and think about it. Yep. Because when you're not looking for something, it comes your way. Yeah. Why, why is this coming my way? Um, and so that job was really great because it was such a good combination of all of the experience that I, I had had leading up to including my time at Asher. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what I would say about my time at Asher is like just my relationship and project management Mm -hmm. skills really took off and everything kind of clicked into place for me Mm -hmm. as far as my interests and where I could see myself going from there. Yeah. Well, in a really great company, a Berkshire Hathaway company, and you got to work with Reed Trumbull, who formerly is at Asher, and Andrew Booth and all kinds of great people. And you're at MedPro altogether for how long? For about two and a half years. Okay. And then you go to where you are now, correct? Yes. And tell us where you are now and what your role is, and then we'll talk a little bit about that entity. So I I moved over to Indiana Tech, Mm -hmm. and um, Matt Baer, who Mm -hmm. I had worked with at Lutheran, actually reached out to me about Mm -hmm. the open position. And he said, you really should take a look at this. I wasn't looking to make a change, but when I read the job description— my first thought was, I think this is a job that I've always been working toward. What, what is, made you think that? I think it was just a combination of I could really see how my experiences that I had had prior yeah. fit. And it was that next move up for me mm-hmm. that I had been looking for. Yeah. And I think that's why I had a few years of moving around yeah. where I would stay somewhere mm-hmm. for a couple of years and then move on to something else. And I think it's because I was looking for that fit. Yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like you kind of build it, you build it built um, on past experiences and brought together that cumulative experience in a really good way. Yes. So how long have you been on Indiana Tech now altogether? Almost four years. Okay, all right. Um, So I think most people know what Indiana Tech is. And if you've listened to this podcast, we've had Brian Englehart as a guest and Julie Farrison and Amber Owens, as well as Stacey Luger-Britton on the faculty side. But you work for a really distinct part of the university. So talk a little bit about your role and what your focus is and why it's important to Indiana Tech. Mm-hmm. So I'm the director of marketing for Indiana Tech's adult and online education programs. So I always tell people, while well, we have a really beautiful and growing campus here in Fort Wayne that serves our traditional students, and there's so many good things going on there I spend most of my days focused on things that are happening outside of Fort Wayne Mm -hmm. and for all of our students that we have who are online. And I work with admissions representatives in 16 different locations in Indiana and Kentucky and student support people 
and just making sure that they have the tools and the resources that they need mm-hmm. to interact and not just recruit students, but make sure they have what they need as they're going through their educational journey. So our adult students are mainly online. Our classes are six weeks long. They start at eight different points throughout the year. So we're constantly enrolling students year-round. Yep. And these are adult working professionals. They have families. They have responsibilities. They're just like you and I. Mm-hmm. And they're going back to school to either finish a degree or maybe get their master's degree. Some of them are going to school for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it is a very different audience. And what <laughs> about that is fulfilling for you? What do you like about that work, working with that uh, cohort of students? I think it's it's so relatable mm-hmm. because, as I said, these students are like you and I. Some of them, you know, they may be younger. Um, higher ed is really changing. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic has just kind of forced that full speed ahead. And so the needs of students and what they're looking for in higher ed is changing. And I just think that Indiana Tech is really in a good spot to mm-hmm. be able to meet those needs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my experience there as a student, and I want to hear about your experience as a student too. My experience as a student was that it was very different than experiences I had had at other institutions where it was very student focused. It was the, the administrative part was super easy. The classes weren't easy, but they made it easy to go to school there. Mm -hmm. And this was even back in the early 2000s, and I imagine it's only gotten better at that. And you also have the experience of being an Indiana Tech student. So tell us what's that that like where you are consuming the product that you're, in fact, marketing. You know, I've thought about that several times through my journey. So I started working toward my MBA. Um, It was August of 2019. Mm -hmm. So I've taken a few sessions off. And kind of just taking my time through it, but I'm, um, I'll be finished at the end of April. Nice. Spring. Well, congratulations. So, thank you. I just started my second to last class. Yeah. It well, that's great. Good. Well, yeah. That's great. Yeah. But um, it's so interesting. I don't know that I've ever been the consumer uh-huh. of the product yeah. that I'm working for. Yeah. And it's, I've learned a lot. I'm mm-hmm. very grateful, obviously, to have had the opportunity to earn my master's degree, but it's been so helpful for my work too. To what are, actually so, what are some of, of the things you've learned, some of the main things you've taken away from that? I think one of the things that I'm most happy about and proud of is I can honestly say that the messages that we create and the stories that we tell are true to life yeah. and they're accurate yeah. because I am that student yeah. and I have been that student who has thought – man, do I take a session off? Mm-hmm. Do I just keep going? Yeah. I take a session off, I might not continue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reaching out and talking with, you know, someone and saying, I'm really struggling with this class. And they're so responsive yep. and willing if you just ask for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. And I think it's a unique perspective that probably can help you tell the story even better since mm-hmm. you're living it. So tell me a little bit about some of the stuff you've been working on recently. What are some of the big projects that are either keeping you up at night or making you really fulfilled or maybe a combination of those things? I think one of the most exciting things that I've worked on recently is actually a project that we've worked on with Asher. It's been such a huge help for us in just producing our new TV and radio spots and all of the video assets and I'm so excited about that because we have fresh stories from real students. 
and they all have very unique experiences and perspectives. And yeah. I really do think they just do a great job of telling the story and I, making it relatable. I agree. And thanks for working with us on those because it was super fun. Um, and just the ability to hear people's stories beyond just what they're studying. You know, yes. like um, Clayton, who was one of the one of the students we featured, he and I actually talked on the phone on Sunday. Um, because he's getting a new job and was excited about that and sharing that story. So that's where really I, I can relate to that 100%. Because when you see people yeah. who are willing to share how their experience at Indiana Tech transformed their lives and their careers, right. it makes it super worthwhile. And they're also Matt, Clayton, Desmond, and Carly were all great people. They were just super fun right. to work with. Yeah. I agree. You know, um, Brian and I were talking about Clayton's job change yeah. yesterday, and yeah. I was asking, like, you know, we created all this content, kind of focused on the industry he was working in at the time, and should we, could we still use this? And I thought Brian had a really good point, which is this is kind of what we're in the business of doing is helping people advance their yeah, careers. For and sure. that's exactly what he's done. For sure. You know, and so it is kind of a really cool, like, next step, like, I think we need to do a part two with Clayton here in a yeah. few months. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and to to reveal a little bit more about that, you and I were actually interviewing students months ago to try to decide. And there's, you know, eight, ten other students who have great stories who Indiana Tech will probably develop content around in the future. It was just a wealth of really great stories. Mm -hmm. People from all walks of life with military backgrounds, some who are single parents, some who are working parents, just everything you can imagine that an adult student would be dealing with. Right. I think that was one of one of my favorite stories that we've done in the past is following a student named Trisha, and mm -hmm. she had her first child her like her senior year of high school. Yeah. And she had such a powerful story. Her family always told her, you'll never, you know, go to college. You're ruining your life. Mm -hmm. And she, through her employer, became a student at Indiana Tech, and she just finished her associate degree last spring. And so it's just so cool talking to people like her. She's a single mom. She's got two young kids. She's working, and she earned her degree. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's, it's super inspiring, you know, just to hear— you know, there's even times when I'm like, man, I, I don't, I have it pretty easy compared to these students who That's are working and have kids. That's what I always tell myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, for sure. You can keep going. Yeah. You can do this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so in addition to that project, what are some of the other things you're working on that are especially important to you right now? I think one of the other things that I really enjoy, I mentioned, you know, we work with a lot of employers, mm -hmm. um, especially with the job market as it is right now. Yeah. It's hard to find and keep good employees. Mm -hmm. And so I think even more than ever, employers are looking at what sort of benefits can we offer our employees or incentives. And they're looking at higher ed mm -hmm. as one of those. And so um, that's another aspect of my job that I really enjoy is kind of focusing more on that audience yeah. as well in um, working with HR directors and yep. helping them, you know, vamp up their communications and how Indiana Tech can help their employees take that next step in their education. Yeah, and, and you're also working with um, students who have either a military background or active service. Yes. What's, what's that like? What does that involve, and, and how does that factor into the work you do? It is, we have at Indiana Tech a military and veteran services team. 
There's six of them, and they are all either retired or active duty military themselves. And so they really understand their audience. They work entirely with those who are still enlisted in the military or those who have retired, and they have education benefits, and that whole system can be really complicated to Mm -hmm. navigate. And our team understands it because they've lived it. And it's really interesting because there are only six of them, but basically we have a national audience of military students that we're kind of working with and trying to reach. And recently we've gone into states like Florida and Texas and having people on the ground on our staff who are in those states working with those um, people and military who live there. Yeah. And um, so you're absolutely right. That's a whole other audience that we're having into and and just with our programs as they are being online it's a really good fit for that audience too yeah so so you have a big job there's a lot going on <laughs> how, how do you balance all those <laughs> priorities and and how do you keep everything you know moving forward when you're dealing with all that competing stuff i think fortunately I work with a lot of really good people. Mm-hmm. We have partners like Asher who help us tremendously with a lot of what we're doing. I also have a great group of coworkers and team members in marketing who are there to help with a lot of the, you know, whether it's social media or um, print advertisements, video, photo. I mean, we have a whole in-house staff of people too. So I do have a lot of help. And um, I think for me, I always look at my job as kind of being, I talk to people, I listen to them, I find out, you know, what problem or challenge they're trying to solve and then figure out, okay, who do we need to bring in and how are we going to get this done? Yeah. So I'm not so much a doer of all the things yeah. as I am just trying to bring it all together. Yeah, kind of like what you learned in school. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you you are, I will say, from the outside looking in, you do have a great team of specialists from Amber in social media who does just that, Randy on the video and visual side who does just that, yeah. um, and your design team and everyone else, really quality people who, you know, it's kind of the same situation at working in an agency. Right. I always say jokingly, I don't do any real work. But there's parts there's parts of that that are true because I am surrounded by really great people who are specialists in what they do. So I, I know how valuable that is. Um, let's pivot to the speed round of the show. So you've worked in a variety of industries. You've had a lot of good experiences. You've learned a lot. What is your best career advice? I mean, you have two children who mm-hmm. are, you know, one, Amber is kind of on a career path. Right. Your son is headed towards a career path. I don't know if they listen to your advice, but if they I ask, give it, even yeah, if they don't listen. I, I do the same thing. <laughs> um, but if, if you were giving advice to one of your kids or someone else, what's the most important thing you've learned about building a successful career? Uh, make connections. Connections are so important, whether it's with, you know, a, a professor that you – click with in one of your classes, yep. um, make connections with your career center, Make find mentors, mm-hmm. um, get an internship, mm-hmm. and you know, just talk to people. Yeah. Just make those connections, even if it's your parents' friends yeah. or an acquaintance who works in the field that you're interested in, and just don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. It's been especially interesting watching my daughter's path as she's out of the state of Indiana, and so— not having the benefit of being able to tap into 
our connections having yeah. lived and worked in Fort Wayne all our lives. You yeah. know, it's interesting to watch her path because it's that much more difficult yeah. because she doesn't have those natural connections. But she formed some with a couple of professors mm-hmm. when she was in school and she's yeah. gone back to them at different points and she's learned they're more than happy to oh, yeah. help. Yeah. yeah. And she made that decision super young. When did she when did she move out on her own? She, when she graduated from high school, wow. like two months wow. later. And went like a thousand miles away. She went wow. to a different state to go to school. And she's and not coming back. She's staying she's, there. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's yeah. Where she might drag you warm. there, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for her. And no, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I, I really like what you said about, the, you know, professors, most of them really want to help students. They do. And all that's missing students realize Yeah, that all that's missing is the ask. Yeah. You know, that that students are somehow fearful of asking. Um, yes. that it's no, they're they're there to help you. So definitely build those relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Second speed round question. What is one thing that you wish more people knew about Indiana Tech? And it could be something that is not well enough appreciated or something that is a myth that you want to debunk. (laughs) Or maybe a combination of those things. Um, Well, when I thought about those questions, two things came to mind. And one is just that Indiana Tech is just a such a great part of Fort Wayne's kind of growing and mm-hmm. vibrant downtown yeah. community and the campus is growing at the same pace as yeah. so many other things here in Fort Wayne so I'm really proud to work there and be part of that yeah. and watch it happen every day but I think the other thing that came to mind is kind of what I talked about earlier which is that um on the adult and online side of things mm-hmm. and with the changing face of higher ed um, universities have really had to move quickly and change mm-hmm. pace and try different things, especially since the pandemic. And I'm just very proud to work for a university that is in a good position to actually be yeah. able to do that. And we've launched a lot of certificate programs and other maybe non-traditional approaches to not necessarily a full degree program, but just trying to meet the needs of adult learners wherever they're at. Yeah. Right now. Well, and it's a pretty, at least, you know, you and I are both drinking the Indiana Tech Kool-Aid. Sure. But at the same time, I think objectively, it's a pretty agile institution in an industry where the pace is usually pretty glacial. Yes. Most colleges and universities can't decide we're going to do a certificate program and then get out of their own way quickly right. enough to make it happen. Right. But Indiana Tech does make it happen. They really do. It's the, the pace at which we move sometimes is, it's very fast. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, last. Actually, I'm going to throw another question at you after this one because um, this has been way too easy. I'm going to make it difficult. <laughs> so the third question is: What is one tip, tool, trick, hack, whatever you want to call it, that you use in your work life that you think other people might benefit from knowing about? Hmm. Well, in all honesty, I am still very much a pen and paper list hmm. person, so I'm not the most technically savvy. But one thing that I have found through the years that I actually really appreciate is working with a project management or work management type system. And a lot of the places that I've worked for, we've worked, whether it's um, Basecamp or WorkZone mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or Rike. And a lot of times in my experience, my coworkers, people kind of groan yeah. about having to be in those systems and using them and updating things. Yeah. 
But for me, it's so beneficial to be able to look back at projects and even just from a measurement and reporting point of view, when we talk about all of the things that we're doing on any given day or week to be able to look back. And I think even as marketers that, you know, whatever measurement and reporting Mm -hmm. we can do is just so important. Yeah. And so that's one of the tools that I appreciate having. Well, you know what's funny? I'm looking at podcast Nick when I say this. I don't say technology tool or hack or tip. You could have said pen and paper. You would have been right. That would have been a fair answer. No, but yeah, I mean, it's very different than when you and I started our careers when a lot of it was educated guesses. And now we've got, it makes the job way more difficult, but it makes the results potentially a lot better if you actually use technology in a way that kind of serves as that second brain where you remember stuff that otherwise would go off into the ether and where you can act on um, the data. So, yeah, I would agree. I think those tools, sometimes we shake our fists at them, but they're some of the best things we have available to us. Mm -hmm. All right, here's the wild card question, which has nothing to do with work. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Foo Fighters. Okay, which one? Um, It was 2019. Okay. And I also saw them in 2017. That might have been the best because that was the first time I saw them. Okay. Both of those were in Noblesville. Nice. And I had tickets for their uh, 25th anniversary tour. Yeah. COVID destroyed that, among other things. So So is that going to be rescheduled? (laughs) I don't know because that would have been 2020. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I saw the—have you read Dave Grohl's book? I haven't. Yeah. I started it, and like a lot of things that I start, I didn't finish it. But um, I saw the Foo Fighters at Austin City Limits when Dave Grohl either had the broken leg or was— I saw him when he had broken leg, too. So did he have the Game of Thrones chair with the guitars? That was super cool. Yeah. You know what? He was so—it was such a great show. It didn't even occur to me until like halfway through. That guy is up there sitting down, like pounding his cast. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't even realize he was sitting down that whole time. Yeah. Well, I think the story is that he actually came back the night he broke his leg and continued. I think I might be imposing <laughs> yeah. that on reality. But all right. Well, I, I was guessing you would say that, but I was willing to. Be it could have gone any direction. Yeah. I mean, but that all was right. the first that came to my mind. All right. Well, Jenny Murphy, it has been a true pleasure having you on the podcast, and it is a true pleasure knowing you and working with you. So thank, thank you. you. I feel the same. Well, thank you. And thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We will be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then. 